I'm Sierra Reed Langston, and this is the HIPAA Critical Podcast. What is contact tracing? Contact tracing is a vital way to stop the spread of deadly infectious diseases, from Ebola to COVID-19. Across Massachusetts, PIH is supporting patients and warning their contacts of exposure to the virus. Our model has since been replicated across other states. Here's how it works. When a patient tests positive, that person becomes the index case. A contact tracer calls this patient to learn who else may have been exposed. Then, the contact tracer calls the index case's contacts, family members, neighbors, colleagues, and virtually screens them for symptoms of the disease. If contacts show symptoms, they become suspected cases and are asked to quarantine. If they later test positive, their contacts will be called and the process repeats. If contacts don't show symptoms, they will still be monitored during the disease's incubation period. For COVID-19, that period is 14 days. This process will continue until all cases are identified, allowing us to track the virus, test, treat, and isolate patients, and stop the spread. Have you ever wondered how an email API can be beneficial for healthcare businesses and covered entities? Well, in this episode, that is exactly what you'll find out. We're going to give you an overview of why healthcare businesses choose an email API in general, and more specifically, how an email API can be utilized for contact tracing. Today, we have Travis Taylor, an account executive from Pawbox, to discuss these topics in greater detail. Hey, Travis, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm very happy to have you on. Happy to be here, Sierra. Thank you so much for letting me join. Of course. So, Travis, how did you end up at Pawbox in a role that is primarily focused around building and maintaining customer relationships? Yeah, so even before Pawbox, um, you know, my first step into sales, I've had family on my mom's side um, that have been in the TV ad space for, for decades. And I knew that they were great mentors to learn from. And, um, you know, I saw that they were successful in their field and wanted to sort of follow in their footsteps. So coming over to Powbox, I had noticed that there was a just a job posting on LinkedIn and applied for it. And it was an opportunity for me to actually reunite with our VP of sales, Scott Wong, who him and I had worked together at a previous company. So I knew that if he saw something great with this company, I wanted to be part of that ride as well. And this was a great way to get into the SaaS space, continue my professional development in, in healthcare, because um, there's a lot of opportunities for, for growth, I feel like, in this field. So I was just happy to kind of continue my expertise there. Okay, great. Yes, thanks so much for sharing that. And can you elaborate a little bit more on your passion and mission at Pawbox? Of course. So I think with, with healthcare, you know, there's always so much money going into this industry in terms of research and new technologies that are coming in. But it's still, I think, behind the times when it comes to actually adopting these sorts of technologies, especially for medical practices and hospitals. So for me, I, agree. I, yeah. really, I, I really enjoy being a teacher. You know, we are an industry expert, not only in healthcare, but I'd consider us experts in cybersecurity as well. So if you didn't know, Sierra, healthcare is actually the number one vertical that's targeted for cyber criminals. Mm, Everyone's yeah. after our PHI. And, you know, I think we're in a very good space to be in is in terms of security, there's always going to be more opportunities for us to continue um, helping the healthcare community. Right. And I do agree with you about kind of being behind on the times. There's a lot of folks still using fax machines and, you know, we're in a digital transformation. And so need to, you know, continue with that, uh, that transformation. So, yeah, absolutely. So, a focused national response to COVID is definitely a central promise of Joe Biden's campaign, and contact tracing is a huge, huge component of this. Can you give our listeners more info on contact tracing itself and then how it is tracked 
currently? Yeah, so let's we can use an example of you know trying to trace your steps. I'm sure you or people you know are pretty familiar with losing your keys, your wallet, uh, iPhone at this point in time. So it's all about kind of retracing your steps. Right. Where did you Where do you remember last having it? Where do you think you left it before? So contract tracing is kind of working in reverse. You know, when someone has a positive result from a COVID test, you need to kind of use a spider web to figure out where have they been before, who have they possibly come into contact with and infected. So the whole goal of contact tracing is to help prevent community spread. And so right now it's a much, it's a very laborious process, a lot of manual work and data entry. Yeah. Um, so that's where we've seen, especially with testing as part of this new administration coming in, it's going to expand this a lot more. We're going to need more efforts in terms of people actually working in terms of with contact tracing. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, it's the same thing with technology. We're a little bit behind on the technology. It's still manual. It's like a spider web. And we really need to go the digital route with contact tracing for it to be really, really effective. Yeah, and apparently right now, the estimates that the Biden administration has is that we need approximately 100,000 Americans to deploy an effective strategy. So I think it's about one person for every 3,000 citizens. Wow. So we got a lot of work to do and uh, people to hire to make sure that we can prevent this spread from continuing based off the numbers that are skyrocketing as of today. Yes, for sure. They are definitely skyrocketing in Dallas where I live. So Travis, can you give our listeners an overview of our email API solution and how it plays a key role in implementing this digital contact tracing technology? Of course. So there's a couple of things here. So with an email API, we're looking to automate a lot of processes. You know, Powbox, we've built the HIPAA compliant a HIPAA compliant email infrastructure. So this email API comes into play with a lot of developers who are building unique applications and platforms. So what we're doing is trying to essentially build a bridge between their platform and our API based off the data that they are maintaining. Mm -hmm. So let's think of, you know, COVID test results. You have a database of all the individuals who've gotten tests and then whether that result is positive or negative, for example. So if we can start sending alerts out automatically from these databases to not only notify people, hey, you've gotten a negative test, don't worry, but the people that are positive, hey, you need to quarantine for 14 days and you should probably and you'll probably be hearing from someone in terms of from our contract tracing efforts. So a lot of this is to help again getting out notifications as quickly as possible to an individual's email that is that will arrive right in their inbox. I know for right now, my <laughs> phone has been blown up by robocalls yeah. with my same area code. So I typically don't answer those for the time being unless I have that contact saved. So if people can get these notifications via email, they're, they're much more likely to actually get that information that they need and to act on it in the appropriate manner. Oh, for sure, because that is a time-sensitive issue. I mean, if, if, if somebody is manually calling all of those individuals instead of doing it digitally, I mean, the tons, of, you know, tons more people could be outspreading the, the disease. So very good point exactly. there. And, we're, and if we're sending this to someone's email, you know, they're probably getting a notification on their phone, notification maybe on their smartwatch. It's going to their desktop computer or laptop. So it's just we're hitting them in multiple channels to, again, make sure that they're getting the information as quickly as possible. Yes, yes. And Travis, can you provide some specific use cases with customers that you serve? Absolutely. So right now, um, I'm working with a few actual COVID-19 testing startups. So one's located in Southern California, and then the other is getting up and running in Missouri. Okay. So what's great is these, again, these are brand new companies that they saw the huge demand in people that want to get tested. 
either that they, they feel sick or they're concerned about maybe who they've come into contact with or people that they have come into contact with that may have been affected by someone else. So they're ordering you know, their test kits. They're working with me to start building out their database and using our email API to getting these results out. And then we have a large health system up in New York who is dominating, I would say, mm-hmm. the COVID-19 uh, on the East Coast right okay. now. Um, so at hundreds of locations, they're doing about 400,000 notifications a month. And wow. I think that's only going to go up at this point. So I think we're just going to keep hearing from more and more of these companies. And we're continuing our research to seeing how we can be a, a leader in, in this COVID-19 pandemic in terms of u- leveraging an email notification system. Right. And you're right, because those numbers are going to skyrocket and continue um, as long as this, you know, COVID-19 is spreading. So good point there. Yeah. It's, and it's great that we have some news on a vaccine, but I mean, the numbers don't lie. So right. we need to continue the efforts to try to bring that down as much as possible, because it's not just one, there's not going to be a silver bullet to this, unfortunately. Um, we're going to need everyone to kind of lean in and do their part from not only being safe, you know, watching who you're with, uh, but also listening to the directions that are provided from the healthcare community. 100%. And just for our listeners, what are some other use cases for healthcare practices and covered entities to use an email API? Yeah, so that's a great question, Sierra. So this is really what's nice about the email APIs. There's a lot of unique use cases because, again, it's we're allowing developers who have built their own platforms to then leverage our HIPAA-compliant email infrastructure in tandem with it. So that way they, they can focus on their app and we take care of the email side of things. So some of the other use cases that I've seen across some of our clients or just general ideas is appointment reminders, billing right. receipts, invoices, which I think is my most, is the best idea that I've thought of is to send invoices to patients that owe a balance to the medical practice. So to help medical practice collect on their accounts receivable. And I think now in the tough financial times that we're in, anything that we can do to help the healthcare community collect on what is owed to them is going to help them in the long run. Because right now we know that COVID-19 has been very detrimental to, to the healthcare community itself. And um, you're, couple other yeah, ideas. you're right about oh, that. Well, I was going to say you're right about that because, you know, once, you know, money, once money that is due goes to collections, a lot of times, you know, people don't even find out they owe money until they get a collection notice. And if they have everything in the mail and digitally in their email, you know, that's, that's just more opportunities for the, the clients to know that they owe something. So yeah, that's huge. That's exactly. a huge case. Yeah. De- you can deploy an effective strategy of collecting on like 15 days um, overdue, 30 days, 45 days, 60 days, and then maybe the dreaded, don't wait any longer, you're hearing from collections, which no one wants to do it. But again, any way we can help healthcare, that's, you know, that's why I wanted to come to Palbox um, because there's a lot of unique use cases, not just for general email communication, but it can also be financial in nature if you deploy the right strategies. Right. And so what are, what are some other use cases? So a uh, couple other ones, again, the Test results doesn't even have to be related to COVID-19, pharmacy refills. Mm. Again, the list can go on because we're essentially just partnering our email infrastructure with anyone's platform or software that they're building. So I know we're going to keep hearing from new software companies, especially these next few months with everything that's going on. Yeah, pharmacy refills too. Um, What a good thought. I spend so much time just as a client calling my doctor, coordinating with CVS, trying to get everything in my, um, all of my medicine refilled. So if that could be automated, that would be a way less hassle for the, uh, 
the client or in the, in the customers. Of course. Yeah. And it, it will require some IT, you know, and development work to, to get this up and running, but it's, it's, it's worth the investment. It's absolutely worth the investment. Anything that you can become more efficient in your operations, this is what you want to do. Because with a manual process of a human trying to do this, it's going to take too long and there's going to be errors. There's going to be much more errors if rather than leveraging an automated system. Right. And where do you see the security cl- compliance and healthcare industry going in the next 10 years? <sighs> oh, if we, only we all had a crystal ball. That's a loaded <laughs> um, question. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I think there's four major trends and you brought up one of them already. And okay. that's the digital transformation in healthcare. So, you know, adopting new technologies that promote what I call accessibility. Um, like let's look at Zoom, for example, and telehealth. Zoom has exploded this past year and it's allowed medical practices to see patients that maybe don't feel comfortable coming into the practice or their state doesn't allow them to have them in the practice yet. So I think we're going to start to see more technology within the healthcare community. And I think Zoom especially, I didn't, I didn't think that would probably happen for another 10 years and that accelerated into about one right. in terms of how often you see people using it now. A couple other ones. So vendor consolidation and what I say, doing more with less money, essentially. So trying to find providers and vendors that are experts in multiple fields. Mm-hmm. And that way you'll only have a, you know, a smaller number of support and vendors to work with at that point. And especially with the tough financial times that we're in, you know, we we're, people can't be spending like they used to be. And I think any new expenses are scrutinized now than ever before. So again, any way you can consolidate vendors is going to be key. Mm-hmm. Last two, data privacy. I mean, even outside of healthcare, but you look at GDPR, the CCPA, um, I think again, in healthcare and securing PHI is just going to be very critical. And then the last one is, you know, we, we had our, our secure conference uh, in, in October. Right. And the line that I took away from that, this came from Julie Haney. She's the, a computer scientist and usable security researcher at NIST, right. which is the National Institute of Standards and, and Technology. She said that usability and security must coexist. And hmm. that really rung a bell with me. You know, I think one of the key themes that we talk about here at Powbox is we need to remove the human element when it comes to security. As well as people are trained, you know, we have good intentions. Humans are just prone to making mistakes. However, when it comes to HIPAA, you have to be right 100% of the time. There's no, there's absolutely no wiggle room there because one breach and one violation could crumble your entire organization. And I don't typically like to talk in hyperbole, but that's ultimately what we're doing and why we're trying to be a leader in the HIPAA compliant email space, but cybersecurity as well. Yeah. So I think, go I was, on. I was just going to say that in our HIPAA breach report every month, email is still the highest attack vector for cyber criminals and human error is a huge issue in that regard um, in securing PHI and sending PHI. I mean, as long as humans are involved in that process, they're still going to be tons of PHI that's being breached. Exactly. So it's, you know, how can we implement something that's going to be easy to use for the staff, but that we can make sure at a high level that security and IT leaders and compliance leaders of a company, you know, that they feel comfortable and can rest easy at night, that they deployed something that's going to protect them moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, Because cyber criminals are getting smarter and smarter. And, you know, with the new attacks that are coming in, like display name spoofing, you know, they need to be ready. And so that's why I, I just foresee any new products in terms of security is going to have to be automated or just really, 
mitigate how much human intervention is required. Yes. And I talked about this on the last podcast. I personally have been fished and so has our director of finance. We were fished on the same day um, and somebody was impersonating our CEO, Hawala, asking if we could meet and for other information. And Hawala had never emailed me via my Gmail. So I immediately brought it up to him. And then he let me know that our director of finance had received something similar. And if I maybe wasn't in this space and didn't know better, I maybe would have taken the action, you know, especially at one of my last companies, we had somebody that um, got into someone's email and emailed them and was trying to get them to send gift cards or do something from the CEO. Mm -hmm. And they actually did it, you know, because they didn't know any better. And I think, again, that plays into user error. You don't know what you don't know. Would you surprised, be surprised to know, Sarah, that the average cost of one of those attacks is 180 grand? That's, that's, that's obscene, but I'm so, I'm so glad that I, I didn't do that for my company. I mean, what a large amount of pressure and so on and so forth to, to make sure that you're not doing that for your company. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why that's the new attack vector is because people are trained, have been trained for some time not to click on links that, you know, seem to come from an unknown source or, you know, the typical Nigerian prints, for example, ones. So with, with this is, you know, again, they're using it from someone at your company that has some level of authority. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like you said, they're financial in nature and there's some urgency behind it. So just because the name matches up, you know, like we've talked about, the email doesn't. So again, p- hackers are getting smarter. And yeah, you're right. It's humans are the ones most likely to make the mistake. So they're, they're leveraging our, you know, human nature against us. Right, to, right you know, reroute these funds. I have a gift card example. I've heard of that. I've heard of like 401k payments or, you know, even uh, severance packages. I mean, Mm. you can look up this stuff online and the list just goes on. Right. Everyone wants their severance. So most likely most people would (laughs) reply to that. So, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, and Travis, how do you keep up with industry trends? Are there any good podcasts, blogs, influencers, or newsletters that our listeners should be following? Yeah, so I know Greg shared a couple of good podcasts on on the last episode. For me, my main source of of healthcare and cybersecurity information, because again, I feel like that's kind of the harmony of what Powbox is in, is the Becker's Health CIO and IT report. So every multiple times throughout the week, I'll get an email to my inbox with about 15 different articles to kind of merging those two spaces. And I think, you know, at Palbox, that's who we're really targeting is the information security community, the IT community, and the compliance community. So I, I hear a lot of the ransomware attacks, the malware attacks, uh, breaches, you know, that have been reported to mm-hmm. uh, DHH, the HHS. Right. So Wall of that's... Shame. that's yeah, so that's been my my primary resource at my time here at Palbox, and I'd highly recommend going to their website and, and and signing up for that newsletter. Okay, great. And then last but not least, what do you do to de-stress and relax? Ooh, and talk about a an up and down year. So I, I would say the number one thing is to to be active. You know, I think on the onset of COVID nineteen, a lot of you know for my mental health, um, I tried to do my best to go outside and be safe and and be active. So going on a run, you know, along the beach, playing some beach volleyball, uh, playing soccer. But I felt like any time I could kind of get outside my house and get some vitamin D in me mm-hmm. uh, was the best way to kind of control my emotions with everything, you know, that was going on in the world at that point. So I felt like being active and participating in sports, which I've done my entire life was the best way. Right. And, you know, you and Greg, y'all have great scenery to do that on the beach. I'm very jealous that you guys live, <laughs> live in California and I'm in Texas where we have, you know, well, we have, I guess, 
uh, Galveston is near me, but it's that's not the best beach. So yeah, very <laughs> jealous of your surroundings. But good, good, good. And hard thank- to leave Southern California, that's for sure. Yes. And Travis, you know, thank you again so much for joining the Hypocritical Podcast. Really, really appreciated it and um, really enjoyed speaking with you today. Cool. Awesome. Thanks so much, Sierra. And for our listeners, our next webinar on this exact subject will take place on December 16th at 10 a.m. Pacific with the topic of how the Pawlox email API can help fight COVID. If you would like to register, feel free to send me an email at Sierra, S-I-E-R-R-A, at pawbox.com, and I will be happy to send you the link. You can listen to other podcasts at pawbox.com or subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or Amazon Music. Thanks again, and see you next time.